to him. So, great. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 22. And it's going to be on the screen, actually. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 2, verse 35 to 53. And we're going to read it all together. So it'll just be on the screen. So, and he said to them, When I sent you out without money belt and bag and sandals, you did not lack anything, did you? They said, No, nothing. And he said to them, But now whoever has a money belt is to take it along, likewise also a bag, and whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. For I tell you, that which is written must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with transgressors. For that which refers to me has its fulfillment. They said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. And he came and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and began to pray saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow, and said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray, that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, behold, a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was preceding them, and he approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, Stop, no more of this, and he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple and elders who had come against him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as you would against a robber? While I was with you daily in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this hour and the power of darkness are yours. So let's just pray, shall we? Father, we, we just thank you that we, we, we don't move on from where we were, Lord. We were enjoying you, enjoying your presence, Father. And would we remain, Lord, just keeping in your love, Lord, enjoying you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it's alive, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you will have your way, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that you'd help us to understand, to unpack, to have our hearts soft to what you have to say, Lord. We want to be teachable, Lord. We want to be uh, soft clay for you, Father, as you are the potter and we are the clay. We are the work of your hands, Lord. So you accomplish much within us, Lord. And Holy Spirit, would you uh, just help us to uh, uh, fix our eyes and, and enjoy Jesus together, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Great. Wow. I'm, it's so so, as I was saying, I'm really so glad to serve you all from God's Word this morning. So we're going to look at the entirety of the passage, and it splits into three parts. So we see Jesus' interaction with the disciples, which is in the upper room, and then we're going to look at uh, the betrayal, uh, not the betrayal, the Gethsemane, and then we're going to look at the betrayal. So we're going to have three parts, we're going to have three different points that will come up the screen, and just really get some of the principles, what we can understand from what we can apply for us today. So the first point, Jesus says, when I sent you out. So what's Jesus referring to? What, what, what is he saying? Well, if we go to Luke chapter 9, I'm just going to make a reference to where Jesus is uh, talking about here. So Luke chapter 9, I'm just going to read the first few verses. And it says, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. 
and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither a staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not even have two tunics apiece. And in Luke chapter 10, he sends out the 70. So he sent out the 12, he sends out the 70, he says the same thing uh, from verse 1. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money belt, no bag, no shoes, and greet no one on the way. So this is where Jesus is referring to when he sent out his disciples. And he was basically just saying, listen, now you guys have been with me for a little time. Now I'm going to release you. And when Jesus said, did you lack anything when I sent you out? And he said, no, we didn't. Because our Lord, when, when he sent them out in his providence, he, he enabled them to have like, the hearts of men were open, they were fed, they were warm. They were, you know, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't a struggle for them. Jesus knew that this was a new thing for them. This was training for them. So God provided for them in every way. But now Jesus said a few different words here, hasn't he? He's saying, actually, now, I've, do you remember when you said, did you lack anything? He said, no, we didn't. But now he's saying, actually, if you haven't got a, a money belt or a bag or even a sword, you need, you need, you need to sort that out. And it's like, what? What's Jesus saying? Because we know our Lord, when he lived on the earth, he was never one to go about with swords and using physical violence, was he? So what is, what is, our, what is our Lord Jesus speaking to, referring to here? Well, we see, don't we, in, in, um, uh, in the verse 37, where it says, For I tell you, that which is written must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with transgressors. So here we see Jesus referring to, it's in Isaiah 53, quite a famous passage of the suffering servant, when Isaiah the prophet just, um, you know, under the leading of the Holy Spirit, spoke of uh, Jesus when he was to come, and he would, you know, all of us as sheep have gone astray, each of us have turned their own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him, and by his stripes we're healed. So this is where Jesus, all across the Gospels we read, he's telling his disciples, um, you know, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, I'm going to be rejected by men, and we see that. They weren't understanding what was going on. And here we see again that Jesus is making mention, guys, I'm, I'm going to be handed over. And from now, actually, things are going to look a lot differently because I'm not going to be with you in the body anymore. And it's going to be a, a whole new story. So he's instructed them to get equipped. And we see, doesn't we? The disciples said, Lord, look, here are two swords. So they had swords with them. So where do these come, swords come from? Well, one commentator suggested that... Um, you know, when they were on their travels uh, late at night, it would protect them from beasts of prey and from robbers and bandits on their travels. So that could be one reason why they had swords. But when Jesus said, doesn't he? He said, it is enough. Now, is our Lord saying to us, oh, yeah, that's enough swords. Like, you know, great, well, well done. Or is he actually saying, is he actually rebuking them and saying, actually, it's enough. Stop. What, what are you doing? And when we, re when we read on, and we've already read, but when we look back in the passage a bit later on, we see actually Jesus isn't speaking literally here. He wasn't saying, like, we need, we need to use the swords. Is he speaking about something else? Maybe something of the spiritual dimension which is to come. And we see in their life, don't we, of the apostles when you read in Acts, when you see their hardships, there's, 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 there's sufferings, they're, they're getting put to death, they're, they're under trial. This is, this is not pretty. But though they didn't see that, Jesus knew what they were going to face. And we see in 1 Corinthians 4, when the Apostle Paul, the life of an Apostle, is day and night, you're homeless, you're, 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 you're not eating well, you're, you're toiling with your hands, you're just, it isn't pretty, it really isn't pretty. And Jesus is trying to just change the way in his approach, he's saying, guys, it's time to get equipped, it's time to get prepared. So, 
And also, if you think of the Roman cohort that were going to come, and you've got the temple police, like the, you know, the religious leaders, there could have been a couple of hundred people or so, from what um, uh, commentators have su- suggested. So if it's just two swords, what, 11 disciples and the Lord, it isn't naturally speaking going to be a great, you know, it isn't, it isn't looking good. So, which will bring us on to our first point, which will come onto the screen, which is let us contend uh, for the faith. Now, the Greek word for contend, literally, it means to, uh, with skill and a p- commitment, opposing whatever is not of the faith. So there's, there's the faith and there's whatever is not of the faith. And it's with skill and commitment, uh, opposing uh, what is not of the faith. And we see that we live in an ungodly society. It, the world is accepting of all kinds of things. All things are creeping in. It's all, and, you know, and it's really contrary to the word of God. Really contrary himself that heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away Luke 21 and it says in like Psalm 119 that the, you know the, the word is settled for he- like forever it's just there it's steadfast you know there's nothing that can be added to it or take away from it and for us like we think of the, the apostles the disciples for them what they were going to come into that there is, a, there is a training there is equipping for the life that we live today that as we see the world become increasingly un- ungodly because of you know, the enemy's schemes and his plan to literally destroy, and if he could, he would destroy, you know, all of us, but we thank, thankfully God doesn't, uh, will not permit that. And that we're just thinking that in our workplaces and our families and our friendships, you know, that we've got this contending spirit about us. We're, we, we, are, we know who we are, we're secure, we've been rescued from darkness and brought into light, and we're going to stand. And when, we, and when people say things or they act in certain ways, that in, with, with wisdom and in grace, that we're able to uh, gently just encourage us, actually, have you considered another way? Because sometimes we can, like we all know, we can lose our voice. You know, someone says this, and it's just like, ah! You know, and we're thinking, like, last week, you know, when Tom was speaking about the fear of man, it brings a snare, and how, how often do it, you know, that fear of man thing, you know, it gets into us, and it's like, ah, this isn't what God's given us. It's not what God has called us. He hasn't given, a, you know, a spirit of the fear of man, is he? He's going to have power, love, and, and, a, and a sound mind. So we're just being watchful. We're just being awakened to just in our lives that we're, you know, we're keeping our voice. We're saying, Lord, help us. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be those who contend, who, who will stand up to the generation and will shine like lights and, and, and you know, in, in love, in humility, in gentleness, with patience. You know, this isn't, it's really, uh, like, brushful. And in 2 Timothy, it tells us that no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. But his, his, his goal is to please the one who's enlisted him as a soldier. And if you think for us as a people of God, as a church, we heard a bit about last week, but just the reality of the spiritual warfare that we're facing that, you know, if you've seen the, the movie films when you're like in the war scenes and like just thinking of like Hacksaw Ridge and you now you're in there, I don't know about you, but you're just like, I, I, I'd probably flee. It's just, so, you know, we're not used to that sort of thing. It's just so foreign to us. But if we can think for a moment of just the reality of what we're living, actually there's something of that going on as you've become in Christ, if, you, if, you, if, you've, if you've put your trust, if you've turned away from sin, you've believed in Jesus, that actually we're living in something that is so unseen, but it's so real. And it's all around us and all before us. And, you know, but we know that our citizenship is heaven and that we report to our captain of our salvation, Jesus, just as much as a soldier would report to his commanding officer. He'd be watchful. You know, the soldier's looking for instructions. Okay, how do we, how do we go through here? He knows that actually in himself, he, he, can't, he, he, needs, he, need, he needs to know. He needs to know his report. And we, and we, we come to Jesus, don't we? We, we, we look to him. We, we, we pray to him. We ask him. Because actually we know that actually, well, in and of ourselves, it's just, we know we stumble and fall in many ways. And, and Jesus Christ is, you know, like with his saying to his disciples, okay, you need to, you need to think about getting prepared now. You know, I'm not going to be with you anymore. And I praise God that he sent us his spirit so he can teach us and guide us into all things. 
But looking to keep our focus, keeping our focus day to day, you know, which looks like, you know, denying ungodliness and worldly desires, which it says in Titus 2, and, you know, it just talks about we don't love the world or the things of this world. We're not, like, we're of a different, you know, we're a different origin, you know. We're holy people, a chosen race, a people of God's own possession. And just getting into the word and letting his word richly dwell in our hearts, you know, when we just get absorbed by it, and then it just changes us, because then we step into, oh, wow, okay, yeah, this is what God has for me. I'm his. I'm in him. And just living in the reality of that, because, you know, there's so much other noise, isn't there? So have you told the Lord Jesus that you're all in for him? I mean, does he have all of you? You know? You know, in the pecking order of life, is, it, is, he, is he first place? Because we know it's so hard when, when if other things creep in, it just, it's hard work. We can't give our all to the Lord. And we let things slide. And have you told him? Have you told him? So we're thinking biblically, we're living spiritually, we're, we're the people of God. Which brings us on to, uh, we should look at the next part now, so this will be part two. So we'll look at the, at the Garden of Gethsemane. Well, so Matthew and Mark have noticed different things respectively, okay, but we're just going to look at what, what Luke says. So this is where we see Jesus uh, suffered unspeakable sorrows in his soul, just unspeakable. And just before we get into the prayer, we see Jesus' interaction with his disciples. What does he say before and end? He said, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Pray or enter into temptation is a choice. It is quite black and white, really. It's pray or enter into temptation. And you just see how beautiful is the Lord Jesus' care for his disciples, that they should pray, not for him, but for themselves. And he's there, knowing what he's about to face. And he's looking to them, he's, he's training, he's always teaching, he's always instructing his disciples, even though for a lot of his ministry, he was on his own. Though he was with his disciples, they didn't really understand. And again, we just see our, our Lord was just saying, okay, this is, this, is, this is the way now. You've got to walk in it. You, you need to pray now. And we'll, we'll find out what actually happens. So he, he thinks of his, his suffering as temptation for the disciples. And he's saying, listen, God, this is a way you can, this is a way you can bear. This is a way that you can uh, move forward in this. So we see Jesus' interaction with the, the, with, the, uh, with the Father. You know, he's fully divine, fully, fully human, okay? Divine and human. You know, he's, he's before his Father. And I'm just going to read it out. He says, uh, and, he, and he withdrew from about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are w- willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, and being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down, upon the ground. And you may be here thinking to yourself, why, why all this agony of anguish? Why is he praying with all this passion? What, what's going on here? Like, this is, if this is just an ordinary man, and you know, the Bible says there is a time to be born, there's a time to die, death is certain. So what, but what is he facing? What is, if, is, he, is he just a man? Well, here we see that that agony, probably convicting with powers of darkness, you know, he's, he's, the reality of he's going to drink this cup, this cup of suffering, the, the, the weight of the whole sins of mankind. You know, there's armies, there's, there's hosts of devils, there's all this just angelic activity, and he's just there before his father, and he's able to say, not my will, but yours be done. You could see where he, for a moment in his humanity, you could see, and it wasn't that Jesus, it wasn't that Jesus, it wasn't that Jesus sinned. He said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. But he knew that, wow, this, I really feel in this. And we see that actually the Lord himself in that humanity needed the help of an angel. And we don't know how the angel strengthened him, but it did strengthen him. One commentator puts, puts it this way. 
When you next dwell in imagination upon the delights of some favourite sin, think of its effects as you behold them here. See its fearful effects in the Garden of Gethsemane and desire by the help of God deeply to hate and forsake that enemy, to ransom sinners from whom the Redeemer prayed, agonised and bled. He was just like us. You know, the word that became flesh, just like us. He had to enter into heart of humanity. Payment had to be made. And it was only but, only but the blood of Jesus. You know, that's why we sing songs about the blood of Jesus. That's why we have communion, because he said, do this in remembrance. Because actually, without, without his offering, none of us, we wouldn't be here today. We just wouldn't. We would we'd be lost forever. But praise God that he sent his son Jesus to the earth to be, you know, to be the atonement. And not only atonement, but just give us a new, new life. And we see in Hebrews 5, it says that in the days of his flesh, which is the, the writer of Hebrews, is talking about Jesus, that he offered up prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears. Here we see it, loud crying and tears, to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his piety. So here we see that Jesus had reverence. He, just, he knew that actually the only way forward here is I need to pray. He didn't flee. He didn't fall asleep. We see that in the disciples. They just fell asleep through sorrow. And it's just an example for us that, that we would be just reminded of that actually we, 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 we need to pray. Like, do, do we, do we you know, see in our need for that, that help? You know, how self-sufficient can we be? How just, oh, we, we know what we do. We, we're all right. And, and, you know, and the enemy doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. And we do sleep. We do slumber. We do fall short. And Jesus wanted to communicate. You know, here we see an example. And he says, get up. We're going. Which brings us on to our second point, which is uh, prayer is the language of dependence. So we see in Matthew and Mark, it talks about watching and praying. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. But it just says here, pray that it may not enter temptation. And it says, well, you know, when we fail to pray, we fail to depend on God. So how's your prayer life? How we pray and we prayerful, and we watchful, are we awakened? Or is it just, you know, we're, we're okay, we're, we're all right, we, we, we're coming through. No, it's just like, oh, we, we do need to pray. Even if you don't, even if, you, even if, you know, one, one, uh, one um, commentator says, you just, just got to pray. Let's pray. Just pray continually. Pray without ceasing, the Bible says. Not just for yourself, but actually pray at all times a petition for all the saints, for one another. There is a prayerfulness that Jesus wants us to uh, live in. You know, just as he surrendered his will in the garden, you know, he's instructing us to do the same, you know, not... Not my will, but yours be done. And how strong is this will that, that God would have to do such a work in each, each of our hearts just to, to break that, that will of just self where, where we can learn, like, not my will, uh, but yours uh, be done. So when we deny ourselves and draw near to God, we see that the answer to breakthrough is not in ourselves, but it is in him. It's always in him. It's always in him. And if God could show us how weak we are, it would be his kindness to us so that we'd really learn to depend on him for life and one another, that we would truly live in the, 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 you know, that, the, the, our created value to, you know, in his likeness, you know, after his image, just for love, just transformed into love, heart transformation where you love people, where you've got time for people. So we're just going to look at the part three now, some of the betrayal. So... Here we see the Gospel of Mark tells us that they all left him and fled. They just fled. They just had to go. So here we see again Jesus just on his own. And it says in John 13 that he loved his own even to the end. So he loved, you know, even Judas, when he headed to Judas, he loved Judas to the end. Thinking he's betraying him, you know. And he says, Judas, are you betraying me, the, the son of man? You, me? You're, uh, we, we did life together. You're, like, you're my familiar friend. Like, he's saying by his name. Just think of just what, what that must have been like for him. Just like, wow, what, what happened here? 
And we see actually what, what happened with Judas. Well, we see that actually, though he walked with the Lord, he was not with the Lord in his heart. We see actually there was something of money because we see in Matthew that actually it was 30 pieces of silver, which equivalent to a couple hundred dollars, which he traded in for the Lord. And he would have been there on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, Matthew 5, you know, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. And if you go to Matthew chapter 6, he continues on. He says, No one can serve two masters. Either you love the one or you hate the other, or you're devoted to one who despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. Now, there's a principle here. I know it's talking about in, in the sense of money here, but it's actually, what is it even for, for us? Is there, is, there, is, there com- is there competition where there's two masters? Because we just can't do it. So I say, you know, it calls us to have all of us. You know, if anyone come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. So we see that in, in Judas, that it just, it, it was something full of money. He just, something happened there. Just to be watchful for our own hearts as well. Like the Bible says to guard our hearts with all diligence. We're just watching over it. What is it that, those things that can just creep in? Which will bring us on to a, a third and final uh, point, which will be waiting for the Lord's direction. If the band would want to get himself ready, that'd be great as well. Um, so here we see that Peter, uh, hearing from the Lord, that he'll deny him three times. This was before what we got into. So here we see he's going to deny me three times. And you think Peter, he's just like, wow, he loves the Lord, right? He so loves him so much. And now he's carrying this. You know, he's, he's, been in the, he's been in the garden, he's fell asleep, you know, and now, and now he sees actually he's, he's swung with a sword. Here we see there's something going on where, you know, there's like a, I need to prove myself, I need to just tell him, I need to show him. But Jesus knows him and he didn't want any of his human effort, but actually he just, and he was trying to do something about it. We can see just the pressure, what he was experiencing and feeling. So as a principle for us is that though that we should, we should seek for the Lord's direction before we act in difficult circumstances. Because Peter did one thing and asked, should we actually use the sword? But then actually the Lord didn't say anything and he swung with his sword, tried to get the guards. And we see in the Gospel of John, actually it was Peter, just to clarify, it didn't say in this passage, but in the Gospel of John, he goes for the head, he gets the ear. And he, he didn't wait. Again, he's in the garden, he's falling asleep because of sorrow. He, he's not watchful, he's not prayerful, he's not aware of what God's doing. He's trying to defend the Lord. The Lord didn't need defending, he knew who he was, he knew what he was about to do. Just needed to wait. Just needed to wait. You know, Christ was willing to wait for his triumphs, uh, for his, you know, till, 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 till they would be accomplished, so till his warfare would finish, so that, he, so that he would be able to, um, you know, send to the Father. So Jesus was not pleased with Peter's action, was he? You know, he's you know, he said, just stop, what are you doing? And he healed, he healed the guy's ear. And you see, just again, don't we just wonder of Jesus, who, who, is, who is like him, that he would, in their moments, like in the garden, he instructs his disciples. And even now, he's healing someone. He's not making it about himself. He's just completely and utterly love. So just before we just, just respond, I just want to read out uh, just a, a verse from James chapter 1. Uh, this is going to be verse 12. It says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he's been approved, he'll receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, all our contending, our praying, our watchfulness, being alert, there's a crown of life awaiting. You think, who's worthy for a crown? Are we worthy of a crown? Really? Like, Lord? But if it's from the Lord, 
if he wants to honour us in this way. So just, just remaining awakened that our, our, you know, he can, you know, he, Jesus, the joy set before him, he endured the cross, that we are of a heavenly citizenship, you know, that we are going somewhere, that though we see all that is going on around us and we can get so, get, we can just get so bogged down, but just remind ourselves that, you know, there is a crown that the Lord wants to give. So there's two ways you just, just want to respond and then we'll, we'll play our last song. And if, you, if you're today or watching on that, you've just, you know, you've not known, you've, you've, you know, you, you, you're just like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not all in for Jesus. I haven't really, I haven't really, you know, I don't, I want to know more about him or you just know that actually you're, you're, you're still in your sins. The Bible says that we're dead in our sins, but he makes us alive and you want to turn away from that and, and believe in, in, in the gospel. Then, let me encourage you to speak with someone here today, if that is you. If you're just new here, please do. Or just come with, you know, to, to Tim or myself, happy just to serve you and help you in that. Just speak about some of the foundation, what it is to be in Christ and what that looks like. You don't have to, like, anything to rush in that. And the second one is just, if you know you're in spiritual slumber, you're just laying low, you, you just know you're not contending, you're not praying, you're maybe giving way to things, you just, you just know that. Maybe you're not even, maybe you're not even assembling. You just, you just know you're hiding. You know, and he's like, come out, come out, come out. You know, and if that's you, my courage, you just as you know, the band played his final song. Like you just in your heart, just just speak to the Lord and just do business with him. You know? Just 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 speak to him, tell him what's going on. And he says in his word, return to me that I may return to you. He he knows. And so if that's you, may I encourage you to uh, do that. And um just gonna pray and then we'll we'll, we'll um have our last song. Yeah, Father, thank you so much that we, we get together and to be called your people and, and hear from your word and be in your presence and be in your courts, Lord. <laughs> Though these are not our courts, Lord, we're in your courts. We're your living stones, Lord. And we just ask, Father, as we just listen to this final song, Lord, that our hearts will be so just effective, Lord, that we just speak to you, Lord. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be ever more awakened to your love for us, Lord, as we were singing about this morning, Lord, and that we would, as, as, as Beth was saying, Lord, that we would learn to uh, proclaim and just say, hallelujah, our God reigns, Lord, over ourselves, Lord, I pray. We love you, Jesus. Amen.